0: Thank you for listening to the Around the Net Post Tennis Podcast. Please tune in for new episodes every Wednesday and every Sunday.
1: G'day, mate, and welcome to Australia, to the land of the kangaroo. They call our place down under
0: happy sunday and welcome to the australian open kickoff episode of around the net post tennis podcast i'm here with co-host jacob andrus let's start with um, some some exciting news uh, on the sponsorship front for around the net post at the break in the middle of this episode we'll be announcing the inaugural sponsor for this podcast Woo! so without further ado let's get into it how excited are you jacob for the for the australian open to be
1: back I'm extremely excited. The Australian Open is almost always one of my favorite tournaments of the year. I just love the feeling of being able to go home after working throughout the day and just being able to turn the TV on in the evening and watch as many hours of tennis as I can before I have to go to bed. And it's really, uh, really a fun way to kick off the year. I think uh, just going full out right away. And uh, as a Novak Djokovic fan, I've I've had a good time watching this tournament. So how would how would you describe it? um yeah i
0: i it's it's certainly such a good way to start the year it's, it, to me it's always struck me as like a weird time of year um so early on in the year but i really it's it's a different viewing experience i think because most of the matches are you know for you know us viewers uk viewers in the middle of the night so you sort of watch a bit of a match and you you sort of have that suspense of waking up in the morning and, and seeing the result um but yeah great memories as as a child of watching these uh this tournament especially in you know, waking up super early on the on the weekends to like you know catch this, the the scraps of a of a five set match and things like that. Great, great, great experience and looking forward to the next two weeks and and starting on a Sunday for the first time. I, I like that. I, did you have any thoughts about that?
1: It uh it caught me by surprise a little bit. I was not I was not aware that they were starting on Sunday this year. So I was uh, after I came back home from that recruiting trip. I turned the TV on and Australian Open tennis was on it threw me for a loop a bit but i'm I'm happy to see it and i I'll never complain about having more days of tennis uh especially for Grand Slam so I think it's uh
0: a- yeah I, I agree um great for the viewers I'm not sure for the for the players how that'll pan out I know they, their intention behind it is to prevent you know super late night finishes, which is a huge problem in tennis over the last year mm-hmm. but uh, some players have, have come out already and, and said I, it's it's going to be tough to play a first round match and then have two days off uh, i think it will help the guys that obviously last night went f- for five sets they can basically reset and just start their tournament over i think it'll have less of an impact on them but for the guys that you know win in straight sets and then you know have to wait two days especially with being so early in the year that that might be a problem it just breaks the rhythm but we'll see how that pans out and it'll be interesting to see what the players say about it in in a fortnight's time um, I think we, we start with, um, I'm going to give myself a plug here for what was nearly an unbelievable prediction of Jack Draper winning Adelaide. Um, didn't quite happen for him, um, but he's one player that, I, well, I, I say that, I, coming in great form, but he looked gassed at the end of that match with Lehechka. Mm-hmm. Um, and a tough draw, really tough draw for him. Uh, in my predictions, I have him going to the third third, fourth round, but I'm I don't know after seeing him at the, in that third set I'm I'm a little worried about him especially with his injury
1: issues. Yeah, I, I would I would agree with you. I think he had a great run in that tournament and I think his level is I mean easily top top 25, top 30 when he's playing like that if not higher. Um I think he he early on is going to have a pretty tough draw. He has a rematch with Tommy Paul it looks like in the, the second round and I think
0: well, Giron in his own right is a tough first round. That is, that is true. Yeah, I would. And then yeah, Tommy Paul, and then another rematch. Well, he, I have Strif going out to Higicata, but if Kekmanovich mm-hmm. makes it, another rematch from from a player he played last week.
1: Yeah, I think I think it's tough to be the same player twice in a row in the same year, let alone in back to back weeks. So. I think it'll be interesting to see how fresh he is coming in because I don't know if he's playing tonight or tomorrow. I haven't checked the schedule for him yet, but or I guess tonight would be the second round of the first second part of the first round. So, but yeah, he he
0: needs an he needs to beat Jarell easily. I think to stand a chance against Tommy Paul. If he you know if he's out there for four hours, he's going to be in some trouble.
1: Yeah, and Tommy Paul in this section of the draw, I think, is. could be dangerous if he's able to get past Jack Draper. I have him, I have Draper winning, but that's only really because just of how well he played last week. I didn't get to see the whole final except for the highlights. So I didn't quite pick up on if he was gassed or not. It's probably a good, a uh, good shout by you from there.
0: Yeah. I, I watched it. Um, like the extended highlights and it, he was moving slower, but I, he was making some comments to, to his box. Um, but, and definitely was, was slowing down. I, mm-hmm. I, I bottled it. I, I haven't losing to Tommy Paul, but ideally, I, I know I think he, I don't know. I'd like to see him play Alcaraz in in the round of sixteen, but we'll yeah. uh, we'll see how that goes. Um, and I'm so biased towards uh, towards Draper uh, when I I beat him when I when I when he was about 12, so a win yeah. for him is a win for me. Future grand
1: slam champion, right
0: there. Yeah, I, I think for sure it's he's just getting better and better. Um, yeah, On oh, oh, a word for for Jiri and that forehand, that I think that go that's one of the the better looking forehands I've ever seen.
1: Mm-hmm. It's just it's it's massive. Everything about it is big and it is very impressive.
0: All right, let's, there is a link in the pod description for a, a bracket challenge where you can predict every every match of this year's Australian Open. Uh, Jacob and I have, have done that. We it scored so in the fortnight's time we will see. Who who comes out on top? I think last time we did this for the US Open, you smoked me. So I'm hoping for a better performance here. Is there is there any matches that, that you want to highlight as, you know, potential big matches, matches that you're really looking forward
1: to? Um, I guess looking at some of these first rounds here, um one of the ones that a lot of people had originally circled was Hitsy Pass versus Berrettini, but with Berrettini pulling out that is no longer a matchup. I'm really interested in the the Dominic team and Felix Auger-Aliassime first round. I think yeah, who do you have I, winning that? I have team winning that just because I think that, I mean, they've both been equally, I would say, unimpressive. Team longer or so over the last few years with his injury and then just not coming back at the same level. And Felix has not really been physical, but more of a mental struggle. Um I have team winning that. I think I'm a little biased towards him because he's he's been one of my favorite players over the years. But either way, I think that would be a really fun first round. I think both players struggle deeper in the draw, especially with Medvedev being in that little section right there. So I think yeah,
0: I have that. I have the Canadian winning that match I, I purely on the basis that he can't lose forever. Eventually, he's yeah. going to have to win a, win a match. Um, yeah right there and and but i have him losing to to the frenchman muller in the uh in the next round um okay. i don't know too much about that guy but he beat uh one and one so i'm, I'm yeah, going with that's a, going with that, that a good one there um such a shame what's happened to 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 felix like when he was like 14 like winning matches on the challenger tour and it was like this guy's going to be the best thing since so sliced bread and kind of that's where he's you know nearly slipping out the the grand slam seeds it's it's sad and i'd, I'd love to see him get back to winning ways
1: Yeah, he really had that peak a few years back when he, I think, I know he finished in the top 10. I'm not sure if he made the Masters 1000s, the tournament at the end of the year, but he had that match against Rafa where he went five sets at the French Open. And I feel like ever since then, he's just kind of been a little bit lackluster. And I think he lost a little bit of the momentum he was building after that season and just kind of has been struggling to find kind of that, that top gear that he's he's been able to have consistently for several years, but he hasn't had in the last year or so.
0: We'll see how he how he goes this year. but I mean, he doesn't have too many points to defend. I think there's there's some potential there mm-hmm. uh, moving on who who's your sort of breakout star of this tournament? who do you have as a, you know as a surprise pick to go really far in the
1: draw? um I would say just looking at the guys I have picked for my quarterfinals, I think kind of a combination of between Seb Korda or Alex Demonar I have Seb Korda beating him in the round of 16 to make the quarterfinals and I like a potential Korda center matchup there um I think that's a match that Korda could win but corda has been someone that I really liked for a long time he had a pretty good Australian Open last year and had some injuries at the end of the year last year as well so he kind of tailed off a little bit but I think just looking at my draw here that I have picked, I think he's one of the guys that's going to have a big tournament, and he has the game to kind of establish himself in the top twenty. He's been just outside the last couple of years around that twenty-five to thirty-five range, but I'd like to see him go deep and potentially make a deep run in the tournament.
0: Yeah, no, I think it's a, it's a, it's a good, a good shout, and you know, a young American on the, on the charge. Um, I went a slightly different direction, um, which. I, there's a there's a big plot hole now after Rublev's marathon match last mm-hmm. night, but I have Rublev beaten Corda, and then Demonor beaten Rublev, okay. and then Sinner, Sinner beaten the Australian. But now after seeing that Rublev, you know, I, I have him having to beat Chris Eubanks, and then Corda, I think he could come unstuck there purely based mm-hmm. on fitness. Um, I I know he was a sort of an outside contender, um, but you know, playing that length of a match and not being able to close from two sets up it kind of it stores his tournament a lot but having said that he's got a two-day break so yeah that's true you know he definitely recover. yeah but uh, who knows uh, mental fatigue as well um spare a thought for um for that top section uh no, the djokovic section um i think we both have a murray djokovic predicted match in round three um yep. Uh, Murray's got a lot, lot of work to do. Uh, Etcheverry's going to be in a five-hour match. It um, c- could be 2-2-2, two, two, and two, but it'll still be five hours. And then mm-hmm. I have him going through Hanfman, but it could be Monfis as well to get to Djokovic. Do um, yeah, you think, think that'll happen, or is that you predicted that more out of hope than uh, than logic? Uh, probably a little bit of both.
1: I, I didn't think Etcheverry looked great last week. He uh, he made a recent racket change from from head to Yonix, and haven't really seen him play much with that and then Montfeses is always dangerous but he i mean he's a little bit older now he's kind of lost a little bit of the the step that he used to have he's still still a very good player but him and Hoffman I think are going to be super tight like going against each other and then I I just like if Andy Murray can get through that first round somehow and it's not a 5 hour match I really like his chances against either Montfeses or Hoffman and then he gets Novak Djokovic in the third round
0: yeah it's a uh... I really want to see that. I like it when you know the um, not not old timers, but the previous big four. You know they they uh, they roll back the years. That that'll, that'll yep. be a good match. Um, well, he got into some trouble against the, the young Croat uh, Dino Prismic. Mm-hmm. Um What a player that guy is!
1: Yeah, he's a great great young player. I think I saw that that was uh, that was a four hour first round match, and it was either the longest of Joe. I think it was the longest of Novak Djokovic career in terms of first round match length so that was a I mean really good match I'm going to go back today and try to watch as much of it as I can uh on replay so I'm excited have you seen to that see, guy like, play before I have yeah he's mostly been at the the challenger level so I've seen him a bunch on like Instagram highlights and stuff like that but I I haven't really been able to sit down and watch a full match from him but I mean his game his game looks nice he's like Alcaraz style forehand with a Novak Djokovic backhand almost.
0: Yeah, he looked it was um I know that before the match there had been some rumors that sort of similar technique but until he put them on opposite opposite ends of the court it mm-hmm. was um it was pretty incredible how similar they they looked. Um yeah, another another young guy to to watch over the course of the year.
1: Yeah, only um, 18 years old
0: as well too, so Yeah. No, I think it's um it's going to be a fantastic uh two weeks. Um who do you have actually winning the winning the tournament?
1: Uh, can't pick against him. I've got Novak Djokovic going all the way. Um, I don't know when the last time that he lost in Australia was before his injury, I think. So Twenty in a row. He's really, Twenty
0: matches in a row, so I mean at least
1: Yeah, it's it's a lot. And if we don't count when he's not been able to play the tournament, he's just he's basically been unstoppable down in Australia since 2018 or 19 I believe so I really like his chances at winning this tournament here and just continuing his uh his dominance down under
0: yeah no I, who do you, I have him playing Zverev in the final it was a tough pick between Runa and Zverev um mm-hmm. you, do you have something similar
1: pretty similar I had I had Medvedev beating Rune in the the quarters think in a tight match and I also had Zverev beating Alcaraz so I think we're both on the the Alcaraz not making the semis train there and then I have Medvedev beating Zverev in my head in a tight five-set match to make the final just because Medvedev's had pretty good success down in Australia over the last several years and I don't think Zverev's ever made it I know I know he's not made a final down here I don't remember if he's ever made a semi-final in Australia so I like I like Medvedev's chances just based on past experience, I would say. How about you? Who do you have aside from the, the Zverev-Novak in the final?
0: Um, so I have a Rune-Zverev um, semi. Um, okay. I think I, I'm biased against Medvedev because of the I just mm-hmm. haven't seen him play this year. So he's like out of mind, right. out, out of sight, yeah. out of mind kind of thing. I hope that doesn't come mm-hmm. back to bite me. I, I can feel like he's gonna just come out of the blocks firing and just you know destroy everyone, but um, hopefully not for my my predictions. Um, mm-hmm. I really like Dimitrov's chances, but then he's got Medvedev in his you know in the round of 16, and I just can't see him winning that. I have a what I say a, a relatively big run for Cam Norrie. I think he needs that. He's sliding down the rankings.
1: Um, mm-hmm. I haven't beat, beaten him Rude and then losing to Zverev. Um, yes, I have Casper winning that match, but then also losing to Zverev.
0: Yeah. I'm um, trying to think. it. You know, I have Musetti actually playing Djokovic in the quarters. Um, okay. So, that's Djokovic a, a
1: run,
0: yeah, I I really want I, I really wanted to root for Stan to, to beat Ben Shelton and then have a rematch of, of Stan and Djokovic and all those epics they had in Australia. But I can't see that happening. But then mm-hmm. Musetti beating Fritz to play Djokovic. Um, and Musetti's caused Djokovic some problems in the past and notably at the French Open um can't see the same thing happening here but yeah it's a it's a really interesting draw i think it's probably at, at a slam the most interesting we've had for a while i'd say at least at least you know mega first round clashes but as the draw goes on and we get into the second week there's going to be better matches i think mm-hmm.
1: i would agree with that because i just looking at the draw again there's not really any first round matches between players that i would say, jump out as being, oh, this is a, a must-watch match. I mean, there's a lot of players that have been playing well, but they're not going to be ones that have been previously seated. It's, it's a lot more younger players now, too. So you've got a lot of guys that have had maybe one or two years of success, but not not a full, like, seven, eight years as a lot of the former top guys have had. And then kind of going with that, a lot of the guys that are seated now are still pretty young guys. So there's going to be a lot of opportunities for people to make deep runs i think in this tournament aside from just the players in the top 10 i think there's a lot of good uh good opportunities for almost the entire draw to like reach a second or third round so
0: yeah it's a it's it's pretty interesting just to look at it
1: and see where the weak
0: spots are um and to think of the you know if if nadal had played where we think he would have finished up as an unseeded player and and in my opinion the only place he could have been in the draw he really would have had. You know, a deep run is probably the rude Norrie section. If he had been able to to get in there, potentially make it through to a match with Zverev, mm-hmm. um, but other than that, it was it was a pretty tight draw, which I'm I'm not sure he would have been able to put together too much of a run. Um, right.
1: Yeah. But yeah. A lot of the there's not really at this point there's no uh, no players in the top four that really are weaker than the other i would say like in past years we've had maybe like a casper rude as a three seed or a Sitsi pas as a three or four seed but this year we've got novak alcaraz sinner and medvedev is the top four and all, all four of those guys i think are very very good chances to make the semis but even then you've got players like zvera Ruud. um and, and Paz, I guess, is still number seven, but you still got a bunch of guys that are really primed to be able to make a deep run where there's almost no weak, weak quarters. and look look like more like weak uh, round of 16 matches potentially, but it would have been tough, I think, for Rafa to make a deep run against some of these top guys if he's not in full physical health.
0: Yeah. No, it, I think it speaks volumes to the to the level, overall level of men's tennis at the top of the game right now. Um, you know, you look at really in the top 16 seeds, 16 players in the world. I, I, there's not really a draw where you're like yeah that guy's you know that guy's a good draw. Um, it in the you know as you said in the past it's always been the case where there's a couple of slots that you can imagine these players probably want to be in that section. I don't mm-hmm. think that's the case right now, um, which is a really good thing for you know for viewers and
1: and just the sport in general. Yeah, for sure I would agree 100%. 100%.
0: As we take a short break, I'd like to give a big welcome to the inaugural Around the Net Post sponsor, 3030 Tennis, the ultimate racket sports experience. Thank you so much for partnering with us. 3030 is a shortened format of tennis, paddle and pickleball. 3030 is a scoring format that starts each game at 3030, hence the name, rather than Love Old. This makes points matter quicker and each point has greater importance. Please visit their LinkedIn page, Facebook and Instagram. Or their website, which the link is in the podcast bio. So let's move on to the the matches happening tonight. There's there's a lot of them. The pack schedule looks you know good money for for ticket uh, ticket owners on on all these courts. Um, the the young American Coco Gauff in her first Grand Slam since winning the U.S. Open, she opens on Rod Laver, um, and then there's the match the the Titzerpaz uh, Berg's match that that would have been Berrettini um mm-hmm. and an interesting one third up on on in first in the night session uh Diminov versus Roundage Roundage obviously not the uh, the same player that he once was but uh, throwback um to to his superiority superiority um years ago um and then Naomi Osaka playing finishing up the schedule um, good to see her back as well um tough mm-hmm. draw for her against uh, Caroline Garcia but best of luck to both of those players Margaret Court, so uh, the equivalent you know, court number two, second biggest show court. Um, Medvedev against the French qualifier, um, and then finishing up with um Alger Aliacine versus Dominic Team as we have discussed. Um All Australian clash on John Cain arena, that's a pretty big arena for, for two unseeded players. Uh Pop Popperin against Pullman's winner plays Djokovic. We against Manorino and then Murray Echeverry. Um so two good matches in a row, right there. That'll that'll be a good call. Mm-hmm. Um, Batista Ragu against Shelton. That's a, I mean, Batista Ragu is sliding down the rankings really fast. He's like seventy one now, but that'll be a mm-hmm. that'll be a, a good match. Um, the, this was the best days to have a, a ground pass to the to the Grand Slams. Um, they were really cool. I don't know if you ever got to go to the to the U. S. Open as a, as a kid, but walking around, just picking up autographs for fun.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've never never been to a Grand Slam myself, but I've uh, I've been out to the the ATP event in Winston-Salem that they held, or hold every year at Wake Forest, and I always like to go in the first or second round there because you get to see pretty much every player in action, and kind of going around those smaller courts is really fun because you can be five feet away from a great player like Andy Murray I got to see a couple years back. I actually got to see Carlos Alcaraz, I think two years ago now, play the last match on court on a little side court against uh, – Lexi Popperin, and that was a great three-setter. I think there's about 10 people watching by the end of it, so I was really happy to be uh, at that match. It was just a great experience, and I think the next week he went on to beat uh, Stefano Tsitsipas at the U.S. Open, so kind of the, the beginning of his rise to the top, but uh, really the the opening rounds are some of the best days to be able to both see almost every player in the draw play a match and then also just to see the guys that aren't playing on the practice courts as well.
0: Yeah, that's, that's awesome. Um...
1: I bet you're right there, front and center. Um, I was sitting two seats away from uh, Juan Carlos Ferrero and didn't understand hardly any of the Spanish they were speaking, but it was uh, it was fun to be right there.
0: Did you chime in with any tips?
1: No, no, I don't. I don't <laughs> think he was uh, too interested in what I had to say at that point in time. He was just uh, maybe enjoyed the support of you know the the couple of uh, applause times I had to give when he hit some unreal shots off of either insane drop shots or running forehands but
0: that, that, that's funny i used to i used to uh, i was lucky enough to go to wimbledon
1: quite a few times i used to have this book i, I, I
0: still got it um i used to just walk around the grounds and just get autographs like um and literally anyone and you know some i was that annoying kid that, you know the lower ranked players you just see anyone in, in a tennis outfit and they're just like can you sign this Uh, but I I got some cool ones. Maybe if I had watched the the tennis, I might have turned out to be a better player, but so that about wraps up the content for um, this Sunday's extended episode. The first in a series of Australian open episodes. We'll be back this Wednesday for a shortened episode to review all Australian content, uh, match results, match predictions, and an all important score update on the bracket challenge. That link is in the description. If you'd like to join us, play along, Uh, with Jacob and myself. Until then, I've been George Buffett. And I'm Jacob Andress. And remember, always go around the net post.